Hi and welcome, it's Vicky Midwood here. I am going to talk to you today about resistance to change. So if you're brand new to Raw Chatter, thank you for tuning in. We're talking about stuff that matters, that people perhaps don't talk about or they would like to talk about but think they'll be judged for talking about it. And today I want to talk about change because if you've listened to any of my other podcasts or if you've read any of my posts and um, checked out my website, you'll know that helping you to change is what I do. And there's this massive belief that change is really, really hard. And I see it so many times. And I know that I've talked about this before, but I think it's really important to understand that it doesn't have to be hard. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's not because there's something wrong with you. And it's not because it is hard. It's just because of your brain. So today we're going to be talking brain and resistance to change. So let's get cracking, shall we? So let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to make a change in your life? One that's positive, one that's enriching, one that's constructive. And I don't just mean going on a diet and deciding to exercise, but maybe you've decided that actually, do you know what, you need to get outside a little bit more because you've realized that you've been spending the last few months indoors because the weather's been horrible and it's been dark. Maybe you need to get better sleep, but you've not taken any steps to to, to know how you can actually do that. And perhaps you've even written these things down because there's a lot of information out there, there isn't there, about goal setting. Write it down, it's more likely to happen. Well, yes, but then you have to act on it. So it may be that perhaps you've written this stuff down and, and yet you've delayed doing it, you're procrastinating because, well, you just don't know why. And I'm going to tell you why because resistance is an inherent characteristic of change. It's, it's a self-protection mechanism. And what we need to understand is that even if we are really highly motivated with the best intentions, then we're going to have our brain sort of go up against. And this is what I want to help you to understand. You might not be aware that it's happening, because it's at a subconscious level. And for a lot of us, resistance to change can feel like we're having kind of an internal struggle with, with two different parts of ourselves. One that really does want to change. And then one that feels like it's fighting us at every possible opportunity. It, it's, it's a little bit like you've got an inner rebel or maybe an annoying toddler who's always saying, no, no, you're not gonna do that. So, it may well be that you recognize some of these things, and these are a clue that we are physiologically and psychologically resisting change. So perhaps you are finding yourself procrastinating or making excuses, distracting yourself, delaying stuff. Maybe you're a perfectionist and you need to have all your ducks in a row before you can actually make this change, or at least that's the story you're telling yourself. Perhaps your past is that you self-sabotage, so your belief system is that that's what you're going to do. And maybe you need to take a little break because you started to make changes and then it feels a little bit too hard, so you need to take a break from it. If you're recognizing that you're doing any of those things, then I want you to understand it is not you. It is your brain. So let's have a look a little bit about what the brain is doing. So I don't want to kind of um, go OTT on, on science, but I think most of you will be aware that your brain's made up of different parts. And we've got something called the prefrontal cortex, which is an area of our brain that lights up when we experience something new, different or unusual. 
That's the part of the brain that processes ideas and perceptions and logistics. And it's high energy and intensive, but it can only process a certain amount of data at a time. And it tends to fatigue fairly quickly. So when we encounter change, regardless of whether the change is good or bad, it does mean that our brain does have to work a little bit harder. Now, we've also got something called the amygdala, and you might have heard of that name. And this is the processing power, kind of the, the part of the brain that allows the prefrontal cortex to navigate change, right? Now, the discomfort that we feel is this part of the brain, the amygdala, I can't say it, amygdala, a little bit better, because this is the bit that is responsible for our fight, flight, or freeze response to stress or danger the unknown or the unfamiliar and when activated this is the part of the brain that can actually make us feel fearful or angry it can cause us to act emotionally or very very impulsively and it can also provoke kind of this denial state this confusion this depression this kind of oh it's just too hard I can't get motivated so that's all to do with another part of the brain and then we've got your basal ganglia. Now, this one's really important because this part of the brain is the one that stores our deeply embedded, automated habits. You know, those things that you do without even thinking about it, like brushing your teeth, like knowing how to make your bed, like knowing how to get dressed. But if we had to think about those things consciously every day, my goodness, it would take us ages just to get moving and out of the house, wouldn't it? But this is the part of the brain that allows us to do all of those things without any kind of effort or energy. We just, we just do them because they are automated. Now, when we start to think about change, we are not only trying to use the prefrontal cortex of the brain, We've got the discomfort caused by the amygdala, but we've also got this resistance because the basal ganglia already has a pattern and it's going, well, hang on a minute, what's going on? So you can understand why it may feel challenging. It may feel that you're resisting, but this is just your brain doing what your brain does. Now, there's other things that can contribute to what feels like resistance. And these are things to do with the environment and actually how you go about change and other people. So things like, and this is what so many people do when it comes to um, trying to put into place New Year's resolutions, for example. You get this whole list of things that you're going to do differently in the new year. And if you introduce change too quickly, then by default, from what I've just described to you, you can see why your brain goes, no, it's just too much. And if it has to work too hard, and if it feels too uncomfortable, then you are definitely going to want to resist it. And part, another part of your brain is just going to go, no, I'm going to go back to what I already know, because that's safe. It's familiar. It doesn't stress me out. It makes me feel comfortable. Even if it doesn't serve me, I don't care about that. It's comfortable. One of the things that can make us feel that we're resisting to change is, is if we're doing it to please somebody else. If, if you're not genuinely doing it because you want to do it, it's going to be so much harder to feel motivated to keep on going. You may also not realise how kind of sticky the habit was that you want to change. What do I mean by that? Well, if you've got a habit that you've been doing for 30 or 40 or 50 years, then that's going to be 
pretty damn well embedded. Yeah, think of it like a well-worn path in a, in a park. You've seen areas of parks where people have kind of shortcut corners and gone through the grass and then other people follow and more people follow. And to think about how many times that little piece of grass has been walked on. And it means that it ends up not having any grass left on it and it becomes a permanent path. Well, that sort of happens with your brain and your automated habits, especially if you're doing something multiple times a day, day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out. So you, that's what I mean by a sticky habit. And so you might underestimate how you actually need to go about changing that. It could be that other people are reacting in a way that's not helpful. And that can be a real challenge oftentimes is because they would love to be doing what you're doing but they are just not in the right place to be able to feel that they can do it and unknowingly we do tend to sabotage other people's efforts especially if it means that they're going to end up being better in inverted commas than us um, and it's not because they're malicious nasty people it's just what people do because it makes them feel uncomfortable the other thing is that we can also be really, really attached, like emotionally connected to our old patterns. And, and we, we kind of don't understand why that connection is so strong. Now, this is often what I find when I'm working with clients with alcohol issues and with food issues. There are, there's a certain part of them they don't realize that is massively connected to certain foods. Um, and I know for me, one of those was absolutely chocolate because it reminded me of when I used to spend time, which I didn't spend much time, with my dad on a Sunday afternoon. And he would he would have a Mars bar in the fridge and we'd cut it up. And it was the one time that as a family, we all got together and we were all enjoying something. And so I didn't realize until I broke it down how much I was emotionally connected to chocolate. It made me feel loved, it made me feel safe, it made me feel a part of. So maybe that, that is what's going on and we are very attracted, sorry, connected to, to that behaviour. And there's a part of us that doesn't want to let it go because it can almost feel like a bereavement. And that might sound a really kind of OTT word to use. But if any of you have tried to put down alcohol or certain foods, then I think you'll kind of know what I mean. And oftentimes there is just this fear of the unknown and the fear of repeating a negative experience. So if you've tried to make a change before and, and it hasn't worked for you, then there's this part of your brain that's going to go, you've done this before, it's not going to work. It didn't work last time and it's not going to work this time. But also there's another part of you that might be fearful of, well, hang on, what if it does work? Now that takes us on to a whole nother subject, talking about the fear of success, which oftentimes can be more sabotaging than the fear of failure, because we're frightened about, well, okay, how will people respond to us if I'm different? How will I feel about myself if I'm different? If I get new and different reactions from people, and if I'm behaving in a different way, and I am going to even know who I am, how is it going to feel? And we can't always get into visualizing and trying to imagine what it feels like if we've never ever had any inclination of what that could feel like. So fear of the unknown is very, very real. So how can we help ourselves and to, to make change just feel a little bit easier? Well, first thing is expect resistance. I've told you now why. It is not you not wanting the thing. It is your brain 
resisting it because that's what your brain does. It wants to keep you calm. It wants to keep you safe. It wants you, do, you to carry on doing what it knows and what is familiar because that means that if you're not stressed, you're not under any kind of threat and your brain just doesn't want you to be threatened. So prepare for obstacles, right? So if you know that you want to start doing something, like, I don't know, go for a walk first thing in the morning, um, but your brain goes, oh, it's cold and it's dark and you know what, you can do it tomorrow. Well, take steps to get over those obstacles. So have your clothes ready for you to just get out of bed and get dressed. Have a, a pair of wellies and a brolly and a coat and a scarf and some gloves by the door so that you're ready for all weathers. If it's something like wanting to start exercising or just moving your body first thing, same idea. Leave your clothes there so you can just get straight into them um, and make sure that the night before you've already chosen what workout you're going to do because the fewer decisions that you have to make when it comes to changes, if you've already pre-made them when you're in a state of calm, much more easy to actually make it happen. And remember why you're doing it. If you haven't got a clear idea of why you want to make this change, then you're just going to drift straight back into old patterns straight away. So ideally write it down. What will happen if you change? What will happen if you don't change? Right? What won't happen if I change? And what won't happen if I don't change? All really good questions to ask yourself. And then Give your body and your brain time to learn and adjust because you can't keep on making changes, making changes and just expect your brain and your body to feel fine with it. Making small changes consistently until they have become automated and then deciding to make another change and following the same process. It might seem slow, but it will be permanent rather than trying to make a load of changes at once that you cannot stick to that just end up reinforcing this idea that you've already got that change is hard. So I hope that has kind of helped you to understand why we feel that change is hard. It doesn't have to be if you understand that it is your brain and it is not you, it is something that with the right steps you can overcome, but you have to be kind to yourself. You have to have the courage to do things in a different way to, to the way that you might have done them before. And you have to allow yourself to feel a little bit uncomfortable until the new habit becomes more embedded, more comfortable and more normal. Embrace change, folks be consistent, be compassionate with yourself. There'll be some days where you might forget, that's all right, just jump on it the next day. You haven't blown it. It's not beyond reprieve. And, and have fun by actually discovering what you can do if you go about it in a slightly different way. And if you'd like some help to make changes, whether it's to do with your emotional state, whether it's to do with your body image or your body confidence, whether it's to do with anxiety, or if you do feel that you're addicted to alcohol or at least dependent on it or, or certain foods and you know that it's affecting your health, then reach out. I'd love to have a chat with you and see if maybe I am the person to help you. Thank you so much for listening to Raw Chatter, The Stuff that matters. Our next podcast will be in two weeks time and I've got a great special guest for you then. So really looking forward to, uh, to interviewing my next guest. Speak to you very soon. Take care. Have a lovely, lovely day. And once again, 
Thank you so much for listening to Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters.